0: Hello! uh, Welcome to Diminishing Returns. We are turning our heads to the monumental pillar of Pixar's glory. Does that sentence make sense? (laughs) The the quintessential CGI, critically acclaimed, animated family film franchise. Uh, It's the Toy Story trilogy, often referred to as the finest trilogy ever made. Is it? Hmm. In terms of in terms of consistency. <laughs> who who's who said that? <laughs> uh I'm Sol. And with me, as always, is Mr. Alan Turing. Howdy. Uh, I see what you did there. hey. Uh, okay. And uh with me as sometimes is Mr. Calvin M. Dyson.
1: <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> 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 oh dear that, that was my buzz <laughs>
0: oh. oh okay I should have gone for With me as always Is a sad sorry little man And he has my pity <laughs> <laughs> Or is it sad strange little man Whatever it it is. Strange, Sad strange little man Sad strange little man And he has my pity Mr. Alan Turing <laughs> Hey, You're mocking me aren't you
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Yes Toy Story Mm. Uh, Yeah, should we jump right in, up front? Yeah! This came out in 1995, but that means I will have been six years old when I first saw this, because I remember going to see it at the cinema, and not quite appreciating how remarkable it was that they'd done a whole film on a computer. These computers can do anything these days, that's insane.
1: You know, because we're the same age, Sol, and I think I I have the similar memories of this. This is the first film that I can remember seeing at the cinema, uh, mm. and it's funny because I've never really thought about it until now. But you're right. Like as a kid, I suppose you don't really differentiate much between what it looks like, and I'm I'm assuming that at this point on home video, I'd seen like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, and they do have CG moments in them, like on the uh, carpet mm. escape and all that kind but of stuff. So very maybe...
0: disguised CG. Oh right? yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Again, but, I doubt a
0: six-year-old um... would really pick up on that. But Yeah. But, yeah. um, I don't know, I, I guess to a-, a kid, I probably just assumed it was made however they make stop-start animation that I'd seen. I probably didn't couldn't tell there was any difference between... I don't know if I'll have known the process behind animating things anyway at six years old, so... You don't
2: even think about it, it's just there on a screen, you know.
0: I That's it, I remember my mum telling me they made it on a computer and it was the first time they'd ever done that after I saw it and being like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but the animation in Toy Story is very... archaic? Is that the word <laughs> I'm looking for? It's It's... <laughs> It's not quite outdated, but, I mean, it's very of its time. Oh, yeah. You can tell it was early days. But, to give them credit, I think they were incredibly smart uh, in how they approached this film. They said they chose to make Toy Story up front because it was toys and it was plasticky-looking characters who didn't have to be rendered with a huge amount of detail.
2: Yeah, having not watched this for quite a while, I I was I thought it held up pretty well, actually. To, I mean, this is 24 years old. That is yeah. a fucking long time in computers, especially as they were, you know, spearheading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the dog was definitely a weakness um, that I picked <laughs> out, and they improved that by the second film, definitely.
1: How do you feel about it... Um... Oof, I, I, I guess from a writing standpoint, um, because I know part of the history of this film is that the filmmakers were deliberately trying to be very edgy, and the first version of the film was very um mean-spirited, I guess, and there was a lot of sniping mm-hmm. back and forth, a lot of sarcasm, and they reined that in and toned it down. But even then, it's still more so than most of the Pixar films, I think. There is a little bit of a, a bite to this one.
2: I did notice how quick they were to turn on Woody. Uh, how yeah, quick would, Woody true, Woody yeah. kind of
1: really quite
2: nasty to Buzz at first, and uh, yeah. but then like he learned his lesson, so it's kind of okay. But yeah. yeah, the rest of the toys they
0: just, they literally throw him off a van like when they think he's, <laughs> he's he's wronged them. There's not it's gonna be very difficult to discuss this without just laying my opinion out there. So yeah, I think this is one of the finest screenplays ever written. I think it's mm. one of the. This is the kind of film screenplay you could use to teach writing in a writing class. It's just so... Yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's wonderfully written. I was surprised by how little plot there was, really. There's not mm, much mm. going on. It's,
2: it's essentially a journey, you know. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, we introduce all the characters, Buzz gets lost and Woody has to go and find him. And it's like, that's very simple. And I think it's testament to the writing that it holds up. It's not relying on a big plot a big device mm. it's just the repartee between them it's just the life that the characters bring and it works mm. it, it yeah totally works. i mean
0: the the characters are a huge part of why this film works as well as it does the the cast of characters and the cast of actors portraying those characters mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, it's all perfect. I mean, really, this, this set the bar for Pixar as a studio. The, you know, this is the reason why they are seen the way they are, I think. It's just, they got everything so right with this
1: film. <laughs> um, well, I, I think, to to a large extent, they have just tried to replicate its success. I mean, every Pixar movie pretty much is, like, road movie, and that's yeah. well documented. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think, like, like you say about the, the screenplay being a perfect you know teaching tool really i think that's true and i think they've hmm. tried to tweak it and renovate yeah, it and have d- been yeah. doing very well with that for yeah. 25 years
0: well that's it it's such a kind of simple script as you say it's so paired back to be as simple as it possibly can which i always tend to think is is the way to go and you can see after after about 10 years of making films Pixar films started to get a bit more complex and weird and outside the box because they'd just kind of been rehashing, like you say, the same script and changing the names and things. So Mm. I think when we get to about Up and, you know, films like Coco now and stuff like that, they they do start to get a bit more messy, dare I say, like a bit more Mm. all over the place. But largely to the film's detriment, to be perfectly honest, Pixar aren't quite the powerhouse of quality that they once were. Their films are a lot more hit and miss now. Uh, Should we talk about the
2: actors
3: then? you brought them up?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, So yeah, the actors they got... I mean, not just from a point of, oh, they're good actors and they do a good job, which obviously they do. Also, there's some star power there, you know? I mean, they're mm, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. the biggest star on the planet at the time, pretty much, wasn't he, Tom Hanks? Oh, hmm.
0: well, I think i think. Oh, I guess I've when heard... it
2: was originally cast, I suppose. Because I'm thinking he's just won two Oscars, but he won- that was Forrest Gump was 95. I'm, and Philadelphia I'm pretty was the year before.
0: sure... I've heard them talk about it as if Tim Allen was, like... The big get. Yeah, Home Improvement was massive. Uh, Although Tom Hanks is top build, but he is also the lead, so he probably had a bit of sway in that regard. Tom Hanks was a movie star. Oh, Tom Hanks is a huge, huge get.
2: Tim Allen is a bloke off of Home Improvement.
0: Well, was he? Hadn't Tim Allen done a, a whole shitload of family films at this point that were... No. Or was that kind of in the years following this?
1: Yeah, he did the films afterwards, mostly, but oh, okay. he'd been doing Home Improvement at this point, and he was certainly a more, like, you know, Home Improvement was a family show. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if Tom Hanks... I mean, yeah, there was big, but, you you, you know, you're not going to take the kids to go and see Philadelphia and then think, ah, yes. You yeah, might take him to see Splash. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But then, and even Hooch. that was, like, ten years <laughs> yeah. prior. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But also but when was this cast? Because I'm presuming it's yeah. before Black yeah, Forest Gump, isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah, it will have been, yeah. I think it is interesting to point out that even though we are talking about the cast and Tom Hanks and Tim Allen were very big names at the time, the movie certainly wasn't marketed on the back yeah. of them. Yeah, it wasn't at all, yeah. And, you know, they're brilliant. They're
0: perfect in this film. Tom Hanks has oh, yeah. got a wonderful, unique voice. It really lends itself to animation and he suits that character and he, he brings so much life. And I mean, it's just a great vocal performance, as Woody. And the same, the same's very true of Tim Allen. <laughs> well, Tom Hanks comes with a just a, a
2: natural kind of warmth, doesn't he? A, yeah, a, a yeah, sort of friendliness. Yeah. Um, mm. Tim Allen, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at Tim Allen, what I know of Tim Allen, and think, oh, good voice actor, or yeah, he'll like buzz light. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't think that. and But he does a very good job, like you said. I think a
0: fantastic job, yeah. I'd say it's the finest work of his career, <laughs> quite easily, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Wild Hogs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, it is it is fantastic uh, performance. And then... In this, in the sort of supporting roles, well, that's it. But, it's
0: not just those two. They could have kind of tapped out there, but they just kept going. Every single actor, pretty much in this film, is significant in some form or another.
1: I'd say they were good character actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They? Yes. They're, they're not on the level of stardom that Tom Hanks. And no, no, Tim not Maloney not
0: the same stuff. level. But Don Rickles was a very well-known stand-up comedian.
2: But think of, like Don Rickles is an institution, but he's not an
0: actor particularly. Yeah, yeah. So it's, mm. like,
2: it's like putting Bruce Forsyth in your...
3: In your phone, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and he's not really someone who's known for family-friendly stuff either. He's, mm. And he's quite, quite blue, isn't he? His, his material its quite... Can
2: mm-hmm. be. Well, he, he's, he does insult humour. That's what he does. Yeah. And, and definitely that comes across in
3: Mr. Yeah. Potato Head. God bless you black people. I love you. I really do. As you're laughing here, I'm sure one of you guys is up in my hotel room robbing me.
2: Although, like you were saying, I think probably Calvin it had been toned down a bit from their original yeah, yeah, ideas, yeah. which is probably mm. why they got him in in the first place. Yeah. Mm. You've got mm. um, you've
0: got Ernest in there. Jim Varney. Yeah. I don't think we've spoken about before, Alan, have we? On the
3: show. The Archangel of Basketball. Oh no. This is it. The big one. I've committed such a grievous sin against basketball that you've been sent here to take me out of the big game. For good. One technical foul and I'm a dead man. Get a grip, man. You're not dead.
2: we got to do an earnest
0: season. At some <laughs> some I know, point. we really we've talked about that. Jim Varney, <laughs> he's kind of, hey, I'm Slinky. It's weird, because I can't do a good Jim Varney, but I can do a good Slinky, but I don't think he's... I don't think he's doing a voice. <laughs> 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 but you can't it's just go, a like, hey, Vern, hey, Vern. That's what he does.
1: <laughs> it's saying a lot that I don't think that people even realised that They'd changed the voice actor for the third one, like he oh, does wow, just sounded yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. the same. Well he yeah. died,
0: yeah. Not to jump ahead, but um no, I mean I, I was surprised at how present Slinky was in the third one. I think originally they'd sort of suggested it was just gonna be quietly retired, he'd be there in the in the crowd shots, but he wouldn't have any lines. It was gonna be one of those kind of situations, but and then you've got another wonderful, wonderful voice, uh, Wallace Shawn.
3: You fell victim to one of the classic blunders! The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this!
0: Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line! (laughs) Perfectly cast as a neurotic dinosaur. I mean, what a great character that is as well. Just, you know, he's a T-Rex. He's meant to be big and scary, but he's a little, little wuss. perfect level of... I mean, I sound like I'm being sarcastic, but no, it is. like For this kind of film, that's exactly where you want to be pitching a humour, you know? Um, then you got John Ratzenberger, another wonderful unique voice as Ham. And, you know, again, not, not comparable to the likes of Tim Allen. Sitcom star. Hmm.
4: Oh, I don't know, Coach. I happen to be very proud of my big ears.
0: I mean, a lot of women consider them uh, erogenous
4: zones
3: during uh, heavy petting.
2: Yeah. Uh, he wasn't exactly the Ted Danson of the show. Yeah, was he was. He was, he was <laughs> a supporting role, still but still, in the Cliff the mailman. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but he's done very well out yeah. of this. He's been in every Pixar film
0: to date. Yeah, yeah. Why can't all animation get it this right with their voice
1: casting? <laughs> and everything? It's just. It seems like it should be so easy, and yet. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier on about, like, you know, we talked about like this film wasn't marketed on the star power of the people in it, and and yet they did get really good known actors, and their voices fit the characters perfectly. It's not like oh, we, we can get Angelina Jolie, let's just put her in Shark Tale because she's a big name. Yeah, um, yeah. the voices all fit the characters so perfectly. Yeah, full full marks across the board.
2: Yes. <laughs> Watching the film, and this goes for all three films actually. I made very few notes. Same, very yeah. few notes, and I, I just kind of watched it. And there's not a lot to pick apart, really. It's just it is. It is. It's what it
1: is. Um, I'll I'll start with something that I don't like. Apart from you've got a friend in me, oh. I don't like the music very much. Oh, I love it.
0: I think this is the this is the only place Randy Newman has ever made sense. Oh man,
1: my second note
2: on my list here is oh fuck off, Randy Newman just (laughs) his bloody affected voice i can't do it Mm,
0: is that not how he talks
2: i don't know but it
3: annoys me i just assume he speaks like this
1: oh i hate that
3: there aren't 40 million assholes in this country not that many there are that many racists, however so can you be a nice person and be a racist maybe not
1: <laughs> I, I it's specifically the song that plays when Buzz is having his um no, you know, crisis can't of be true. Can yeah. fly um, if I to. I hate that
0: bird in the sky. I can fly. Yeah, no, that is a very like. What are they doing? That song and
1: I actually, to... I, I prefer. Um, You've got a friend in me when it's the duet that he does with that. Is it Lyle? Lyle, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I much prefer that version.
2: Oh, just, to, just to jump ahead while we're talking about it the Spanish version of You've Got a Friend in Me in, in the third film I fucking mm. love that that's the one that's oh, been yeah, going that's around in my head since I watched
4: it
0: I think You've Got a Friend in Me is a wonderful, wonderful song. And I think it so perfectly sets a kind of tone for this film. And um, I believe Randy Newman composed the music for this film, not just the songs. Is that right?
1: Yeah, because he's done the music for, like, Monsters, Inc. So Uh, I I, I want to give him
0: credit for the score as well. I think this score has such a unique quality of of kind of childlike, it, it sounds like you think toys should sound. I don't know. It's just I think it brings so much to the film.
3: What your said. Boy, you got in me. Yeah, you got in me.
0: I I really like that other song. Strange things is happening. That one. Mm. Love it. No, the only no, one I'm still no, not on board with it. is the the one you mentioned. The...
4: Flying, oh no, I'm falling, oh no.
1: <laughs> it's just oh the lyrics are just so unambiguous as well. It's just like uh right, we're just hearing. Just those say those what's happening. Here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I can
0: jump out the window, but I'm falling down. My arm came off.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it can't be true.
4: I can fly if I want it to,
3: like a bird
4: in the sky. I believe I can fly. I, fly.
0: I mean, to be honest. I would go so far as to say Randy Newman's presence is uh, missed in the sequels, personally. Yeah. But...
1: Nah. <laughs> Wait a minute, didn't he do the music for the second one? Yeah, but he didn't sing anything in it. Oh, oh yeah, because he was supposed to, and then they got like, a nice singer in it. To do <laughs> that they that got person. death
2: threats. In it.
0: <laughs> the only other thing I really have to talk about here is the. Weird fucking implications of this universe.
1: Uh, do you want to get into that? Uh, uh,
2: yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> are,
1: are we gonna go all logic policey on it? Because
2: you, you can't. Before you start, you can't. Because
1: <laughs> you just have to
2: accept it as a. I don't. You know, I don't have a problem story with it world, and it's yeah. like it's not. Well, it's not
0: gonna make sense if you try and make it real. So a lot of people have issue with the idea that Buzz Lightyear doesn't know he's a toy, but then still goes all toy mode when Andy comes around.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, I don't mind that. You chalk that up to, like, toy instinct or something. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, they... I don't know, that there's almost a sense of, like, this is some holy thing. They can't possibly, you know, they have to remain inanimate for whatever reason. But then at the end... The, the climax of the film they they reveal themselves to be sentient beings to freak a freak a kid out mm-hmm. a kid who who we're meant to think is evil because he because he likes to play with toys by blowing them up even though he ca- cares for his dog his actual animal and the dog seems perfectly happy although it is very aggressive he um <laughs> he <Perfectly> uh, happy <laughs> <laughs> he takes his aggression out it doesn't seem like he's got the nicest life that kid he takes his aggression out on the on the inanimate objects
1: he's living on a very nice street i mean that's a nice neighborhood
2: <laughs> so he couldn't possibly be a nasty piece of work mm.
1: i'm just saying that the house looks nice like let's not let's not chalk it up to his background i mean
0: yeah his sister seems all right actually yeah yeah they just got a dud of a child well to be honest with you i watched it i thought you know this kid is it's quite creative, is is. Well, that's it. Because the, the
1: the weird monstrosity toys he makes are fucking cool. Mm. Yeah. but are we supposed to feel sorry for them? Because I, th- I think we are. Yeah, I, I think, think we're supposed so. to yeah. feel like, oh god, he's uh, mutilated these toys. Yeah. But I, especially considering, I will talk about this later on. But the new film is proposing that toys can be created. That's kind of why by... I want to
0: get into the weird, right? implications of this universe, because the franchise yeah. has just decided they're going to lean full tilt into
1: it, so... Mm. Um, well, I, they're going to do it. I don't know if they're going to yeah. explain the, the physics <laughs> and the logic of it. No. I Yeah, you can't think about it too
0: much, I guess. that's
2: Especially when you start to think, okay, so now there's CCTV cameras, right, what's going on now? So they can't move at any point <laughs> ever. So, yeah, you know, you need to go with it, I think. <laughs> But I think it, it works really nicely as a concept that toys come to life. I know it's kind of seems obvious, but I think that's quite out of the box kind of idea. And I think we all take that for granted now because we grew up with toy story.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. After seeing this, I remember being like six, seven and like leaving my toys and then running back into the room, you know, unexpectedly to try and catch them at it. But I didn't. <laughs>
2: didn't. Uh. Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so what would you guys give this one out of 10?
2: Really enjoyed it, yeah, very solid. Uh, and you can't deny the influence it's had. Um, I'll give it a very solid 8 out of
1: 10. I'm the same, actually. I prefer the other two more. Uh, I don't know, there is just something about that that hangover um, cynicalness to this one that uh, I just can't it just doesn't feel right. It's, There's something about it It feels it's a It's purely
0: off. because Kelsey Grammer isn't in this one.
1: <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, I, I don't know. There's a, just a little bit too much of a cynical edge to it that um, <laughs> Toy Story
2: too hard for Calvin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> too I dark. Think, I think they get quite dark in the other two, to be perfectly honest. Like, it's not like in the same sort of mm. bickering way, but there, there's you know, this third one is the darkest I would argue, by a significant shot.
1: I'm not, I'm not talking about like light and dark like, I don't know, it's little lines, it's sarcasm it's eye-rolling it's a lot of very little things and Randy Newman Have you given it a number there? I said
0: eight. Oh yeah, you, okay, cool Uh, Well, I give it a 10. I think this is a remarkable achievement, and about as perfect a film as you'll find, Mm. um, personally. So, yeah. Um, Alright, well, second one then, I guess. Uh, This was Mm. a very hotly anticipated film, but it was very much like, oh, the first one did well, we'll make a sequel. Um, Well,
1: it was going to be straight to video at one point. Yeah, Um, yeah. There was a whole big fallout between Disney and Pixar because Disney were kind of just pushing ahead with... Yeah, the... they,
0: they weren't the same company at this point. They were mm. um, just in, in cahoots with one another. And uh, it, what was it? They had like a six-picture contract, a six picture deal, something like that. Mm. Um, mm. Basically, the, the they fell out over whether or not Toy Story 2 counted as a film towards their contract. And I think Disney said, well, it doesn't count because it's a sequel and, and the, the contract says original... Films and they were like, ah, oh, fuck off, you pricks. <laughs> so then they had to they had to make one extra film within the contract before they were like free of it and able to renegotiate. At which point they got bought out by Disney. And yeah,
2: this thing they stuck an extra couple of zeros on for all the the grief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's so but the expensive. film itself
1: was supposed to be like Return of Jafar, yeah, it and, was yeah. Um, Beauty and the Beast 2. It was supposed to go to uh video. And I think it had a whole different story at one point in its development, and then Lassiter and the lot came back on and said, "Actually, no. You know what? We're, this is too prestigious to throw away on something like that." Well, that's, I think they had like a sixty-minute cut
0: of presumably animatic, but yeah, they mm. just said this is too good; it'll be wasted, and they they reworked yeah. it quite heavily, I think, to you know, yeah. up the pad it out a bit, basically. But I mean, you mm-hmm. couldn't tell to to watch it. Although I will say, I mean, I, I I think this is a step down from the first, and I do think that is largely because it starts to feel a bit baggy in the third act. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, it struck me that there wasn't a huge amount of plot. It's largely the same plot, but they've just added the element of collector's toys, which is quite a nice little thing to hmm. get into.
1: Well, I like that they just explore, like, we have, obviously, Buzz seeing hundreds of other Buzz figures exactly like him. I like that we have that. I like that we explore where Woody came from and understand more about his genesis. That's all very well and good.
2: And I guess this is what the whole point of the first film is, that even in the 90s, like, Woody as a cowboy doll is really out of date.
4: Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: And that's why he's threatened by Buzz, you know, the new yeah, completely. space age yeah, toy, the 1960s rather than the 1950s. I like that they kind of address that, that he's like a classic toy and he's like from something really old. Mm. Well, that's it. Exactly.
1: Uh, yeah. And he
2: must have been passed down or something. Yeah. Oh, do you know what we haven't addressed, which just made me think of that being passed down? Well, that Andy doesn't have a dad around.
0: Yeah. Mm. Which
2: I feel we should address that in a sort of family film I know it's not Disney, but I'm putting it under that bracket, kind of Disney film.
0: <laughs> well, it's very common in animated films, I think, just to streamline them. It's like, do you really need two parents being animated? Do you, do you, to you really need two actors? Yeah, just just have one. It works just fine. But then there is an element of like, where's Woody come from? Is that like a hand-me-down from his dad? Is that part of why this toy means so much to him? There is definite. Element of that that I think they probably thought about.
2: It's definitely never addressed. I mean, it's not yeah. directly addressed. So yeah,
0: but I think it's it does sort of just throw something else in there somehow. There is a very prevalent fan theory about um, the little girl who used to own Jesse, and this one is his
1: mum. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Which I don't know really. <laughs> I
0: very much doubt is how the film was intended to be put together. But it, it does yeah. hold up better than it. Probably does all it to
2: add anything at all though.
1: Really... Um, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> Not really.
2: Uh... I think I think Woody is the ghost of his
0: dad in a doll. <laughs> 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 That's my fun theory. Yeah. So I mean, one of the big notable things about this is it it does the very sequel-y thing of just it's a sequel. So check out all the new characters. Yeah, but they're all so great.
1: Yeah. I love it. The main are, one yeah. being Jesse, who very mm. much feels like, oh God, we need a, a girl character, yeah. um, is one of the main cast now. Do, um, do
2: you feel like they would have set this up as a love interest for Woody had they not already done it with Bo Peep and they'd kind of yeah. painted themselves into that corner? because mm, yeah. but I, I kind of like it, because they end up I like having, that it isn't, yeah. They do have a thing with her and, and uh, Buzz, which is fine. But I think it gives her and Woody... Well, I want to say, like, a brother-sister vibe, but that would make I, sense. It just feels I like legit friends. They're just, yeah, yeah, they're just I, sort of,
0: like, both Which in the is same quite world unusual, <laughs> <laughs> like, in this sort of... <laughs> a, yeah, it's, no, it's nice. And mm. um, we, we also have the addition of Al the Toy Collector, Al's oh, yeah. Toy Barn owner, voiced by yes. Wayne Knight. Another bit of Love perfect him. casting. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: In terms of human characters, definitely the most sort of overtly comedic, ridiculous character. And then
1: you've got, of course, Calvin. Kelsey Grammer! <laughs> as Stinky Pete. <P's, laughs> oh, the, damn. The to- main toy villain of this one. Actually, no, but we, we a, didn't really have a, a toy villain in the last film. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is a twist, because he's supposed to be the friendly prospector uh, yeah, and then it turns out that he's getting out of his box. And... It's a
0: great twist, because Kelsey Grammer can play warm and cuddly, but also really evil and horrible. <laughs> like You can do both so well.
3: What do I have to be angry about? Just because every time I carve out the tiniest little slice of happiness for myself, you'll come along and obliterate it? My God, woman, I drive a stake through your heart, but I don't think anything could kill you! <laughs>
1: he's a Republican. <laughs> But I, I, I was, to be honest with you,
2: like his character is really quite small. It doesn't, he doesn't do a lot uh, because there's so mm-hmm. much other stuff going on, I guess. And they just set him up enough so that there can be the twist, but it's not, it's not the big finished, like for example, we will see in Toy Story 3 and um, because you've got Al as well, but Al as a villain is, I don't know, somehow more passive because he's not, I don't know, he is like a bad guy, but he's not like trying to hurt them. He's just doing his thing, and they're in a different hmm. world, you know? I did like that when they were showing the Woody TV show, uh, that Stinky Pete was just like a buffoon. <laughs> like a just... <laughs> and, Kel- and Kelsey Grammer was just like, oh, that's
0: so embarrassing. <laughs> is that Kelsey Grammer doing the voice on the show? Or is that someone else it doing was. it? Because it doesn't well, really know. sound like him. but I, well, I, I, I presume it was. I couldn't tell if it was him, like if it was someone else or Kelsey Grammer doing a real sort of dimwit voice.
3: You're fanning in the flames, Jesse. It takes brains to put out that fire. Yo, my biscuits are burning.
2: I think it was. <laughs> why would you? No, why would you get someone else? That's like the other two. I John Cusack. Yeah,
1: and I suppose.
0: Tom. Well, yeah, yeah, but maybe, maybe Kelsey Grammer was like, "No, I'm
1: not doing that." When yeah, they gave we'll him the
0: script. the fool. <laughs>
1: I do love just the idea that just exploring different toy mm. concepts. Like, I love that there is a character who is a, you know, a mint in box. Yeah, um, I do, yeah. And he, for the most part, we never see him leave his box. It's just really nice. And that's it. I, I think
0: the, the reason the Toy Story sequels have worked so far is they've all kind of found new territory to explore within the world mm. of toys. Yes, that's exactly. That's felt very untapped. And so, like you mm. say here, it's very much toys that aren't being played with, basically, be that because mm. um, they're in box, left on a shelf, or just you know in a museum, or yeah. But it's
1: it, yeah,
0: it's it's a nice little avenue to explore, and it, it mm. adds a lot to the film.
2: The the other things they bring in, like they're riding around on a remote control car thing, or it's like Barbie's car, and they got tour guide Barbie who's mm. showing them around. I liked all that. Like, yeah, again, just these bringing these toy elements in and using them really quite nicely
1: for for whatever they're doing. Um, on the uh, new character front, we have Estelle Harris as Mrs. Potato Head, oh, God, yeah. carrying on from the, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with that in the last one, but yeah, she's here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, also the puppy. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah.
2: A far better rendered dog than in the first film. They've obviously yeah. worked on that. I did think, though, in terms of the puppy, it's a little bit too conscious of, like, it's like a bit Woody, just like, is its owner. Like, it just responds to him, mm. like, it can speak English. Like, more than <laughs> even if it was a human saying, like, it'll say very specific instructions to
0: Yeah, I don't mind it responding yeah. to Woody as if it's his owner, but yes, I do have an issue with it responding well. to Woody as if Woody is speaking dog language. Yeah, yeah. A I bit... kind of agree with you, yeah. Like, and, there's, and a, a bit... there's a thin line there, isn't there? Yeah, and the bit when he says, that casual, and then it does a little comedy bit, is just a bit, yeah. oh, you've kind of broken the reality of the film as we knew it. Nah,
2: exactly, I because I think, it, because it is, it's like these toys in the real world, you know, that's the whole point. Yeah,
0: plot. yeah, and that's it. It suddenly just becomes a cartoon world. When
2: kind they're... of what I meant with Al, as well, of Al's Toy Barn. Like, it's... Um just a little bit off reality I of I
0: actually I actually have the exact same uh note about the second film is that beyond not just that but there are a lot of moments in the comedy in the first toy story all feels very born out of natural situations and characters mm-hmm. in toy mm. story 2 there's a lot of oh that was just a gag that was like written in as a little joke like it it just feels a lot more yeah. like
2: boom joke hey and there, and there's also And this is something else they do in the third one. They can't just leave Buzz as he is. Like, they seem to Mm want to mess with Buzz. uh, And, like, they don't have any compulsion to do that with any of the characters. But... Yeah, so Well it's because they got one... so
0: No in, in this one it's purely so they can get Spaceman buzz back into the mix Because so much of what worked in the first film Was that dynamic of mm. his Him being delusional And interacting with the other toys And I think it was just them trying to do the um, How can we get back to what worked About the dynamic in, in the first film But yeah then they, they were too scared To embrace <laughs> What he becomes in the next one as well <laughs> So yeah I mean Ultimately it's a really great film and a really great sequel but i do think it's just slightly less impressive than the first one it's just slightly baggier slightly less of a a, a
1: revelation out of this yeah, you know yeah. unexpected thing no, oh, I, I disagree. I think it adds, I mean, it basically does the same thing, but just adds on certainly more things that I'm interested in. I think Al is the most relatable character in the, the whole series, and <laughs> made me think twice how <laughs> the Toys I I, mean, I hung around.
0: I don't disagree. It does add to the world. It builds upon it, but I, it's stuff I didn't need to ever see.
1: Hmm. Sorry, I, I was just thinking about, like, I've got, like, a, a box of toys next to me um, that I've been meaning to sell on eBay, and I was just thinking about if they could, if, they, if they're listening to me right now, and...
0: Oh, thank God, he's gonna get rid of us! <laughs> we won't have to live with that fucking prick anymore! Fantastic!
2: Are they minting box, Calvin?
1: Uh No, they're not. They're my beloved toys that I played with so much when I was a, a wee lad and I've been selling things gradually on eBay, but unfortunately I'm down to the dregs that no one wants, so they just hang around in boxes. You <laughs> chuck them in the bin. Can you not
0: auction them off to your fans? Like, Calvin <laughs> Dyson's own... Si- sign it.
1: like <laughs> Or sign the, the Yellow it? Power Ranger.
0: James Bond car, previously owned by Calvin Dyson. I would never sell my James Bond
2: stuff <laughs> Is it true, Calvin, you've recently moved into a bigger flat. Now, is is that so you had a spare room for all your Bond memorabilia?
1: No, but I do have some new shelves next to me that are largely occupied by James Bond things. <laughs> uh, mainly books, actually. I, I actually need to get some more. My parents are moving and now they're freaking out because I've left a load of stuff in the attic there. Um, and so they're bringing down a load of my old james bond crap that i haven't looked at in years but i refuse to give up you could do i will need more space get
2: some videos out of that don't worry about it
1: oh yeah yeah Yeah. that's what i'm planning i didn't buy all those spy files magazines back in 2001 (laughs) for nothing
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh god
2: so let me ask you a question okay is there anything anything in the world worse than fake outtakes oh god
1: (laughs) that that was a big thing at this time it was yeah but it it was quite did did pixar start it i feel like they might have done i believe so yeah and i remember Hmm. i remember
0: being blown away by it when i first saw the film like whoa no way (laughs) and uh now it's just this awful shit that's like leaves a bad taste in the mouth and I don't like it, but yeah, when I first <laughs> it saw it, when I was younger. Like, oh,
2: it was—it actually made me feel physically sick when it was happening. <laughs> and it like—I did like it took all my I, it took all my spirit to not take a point off my rating because of it. <laughs> it I did it like um,
0: I did like Kelsey Grammer being a lechy old man with a couple of Barbies. That's very, <laughs> that very was, on point.
2: Yeah, that was just—they'd left his microphone on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. It's one thing if it's like if the actors are actually fluffing up and you can sort of have fun with that, but when it's but still, yeah, so, so clearly it. like written as, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But I liked it when I was nine. Yeah, me too. I remember they put them on the Disney Channel uh, as like their own separate yeah. thing with uh, Monsters Inc. and Bugs Life as well. And yeah, if I saw that as a
2: kind of viral advert for the film oh, that's yeah, coming out. Yeah, I can yeah. and I'd never seen it before. I think, okay, that's a nice little funny idea. They've they a new thing. Mm. But no, no.
0: So mm. yeah, I mean ultimately I think my rating's gonna seem quite harsh comparatively. Four <laughs> um, basically I give it an eight out of ten. I, I think it's great, <laughs> but it's a significant step down for me. It, it's much more of Yeah, just less perfect. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I would sort of basically agree with that. I, I took a step down. I gave this one a seven. Good, solid seven.
1: I'll be giving it a nine. I think, like I say, I think mm. it just does everything that the first one does, but adds in more uh, that I'm Kelsey interested Graham. in. I think it's funny. <laughs> uh, I I love it at the end where Stinky Pete gets stuck with the Barbie doll on the um, little girl's backpack. And then Toy Story kind of dropped
0: off the face of the earth for, what, ten years?
2: Well, uh, I, I did I did find out when I was reading about this that there was a Buzz Lightyear TV show. Oh, uh, I didn't know oh, yes. about that. I, I did watch a couple of clip bits, yeah, just to get a feel for it.
1: I forgot about that. They had Tim Allen come in and record, like, the first three yeah. episodes, and then obviously they couldn't afford him, so they got Patrick Warburton. And then they
0: replaced him the with Patrick Warburton.
1: Yeah, <laughs> which was kind of the same. Just makes it a bigger target. XR, ready missile launchers. Missile's hot
3: and just a jet. Ah! What does that even mean? Means we're about to kick some asteroid.
2: But it sounds like they did um, they did it as a like a pilot film.
0: But, yeah, there was like a, a sort of pilot film thing. That's what they got Tim Allen for. And then there was the series, yeah. And uh, Wayne Knight as well, I believe, isn't it? Wayne Knight's, like, the main bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But I watched the intro to the pilot movie thing, which obviously the Hmm. the film itself and the TV series is an animated, like, hand-drawn animation series. But the intro was... The, oh yeah, the, the movie regular thing. Toy Story Cakes. And they got, and so they get the video, they get the Buzz Lightyear new, new adventure from Buzz Lightyear.
0: Do you know who voiced Woody in that CG well, I'll tell you, it wasn't,
2: in. it wasn't Tom Hanks because it didn't
0: sound like anything like him. It's, it's one of the most fascinating careers in Hollywood. Estelle Getty. I might get his <laughs> name wrong. I think it's Jim. I think it's Jim Hanks. It's Jim. Oh, is it, is, is it Tom Hanks's brother? It is Tom Hanks' brother, yeah, <laughs> oh. who has made a career being the cheap guy you get to come and do Tom Hanks' voice when you need to do some <laughs> ADR, or That's fair enough. or if you're like Robot Chicken doing a Forrest Gump joke, or <laughs> in this case, a Pixar spin-off. Like he does Woody in all the video games, I think. I was
2: gonna say it, it, it was. It sounded. It sounded like someone doing a kind of slightly crap Woody impression. It, it wasn't bad, but you could tell it wasn't him.
1: Hey, what do you know? You don't look so fat when they dry you that way. <laughs> That's nice, though. He's got a little. <laughs> Korea, it's a bit. Bossy I think it, I though. think it must be
0: very awkward at like family meals though, like Christmas time.
2: When he starts doing the Woody voice. <laughs> oh, you won
0: another! You've you've won another Oscar, Tom. Well done. What have you been up to, Jim?
3: There's a snake in my boot.
0: <laughs> I I I uh, I got to do some ADR for the uh the Oscars show when they they televised uh, Tom winning the Oscar. That, I mean, it's just it's just a bit like. Living in your sibling's shadow, I don't know. <laughs> mm. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it's a nice artifact that Buzz Lightyear cartoon, if only because it seems like a shitty cartoon that probably exists within the Toy Story universe.
1: That's it, that's what's the bizarre thing about it, because mm. it is... It is- Based on Buzz's like backstory and stuff as a toy yeah. in the film, it's such a weird disconnect. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they didn't really know how else to achieve it, and I'm assuming that Pixar have a lot of, um, or at least at that point, would have had some sway over what characters could be yeah. adapted into a TV show for Disney and all that.
0: I think they basically said, "We're not letting you touch proper Toy Story. You can you can mess around with some like weird." Like five steps removed, spin-off stuff, fine.
2: But I, I like that, you know, because it's obviously Buzz Lightyear in the films is a character, and we've seen him yeah, on the adverts. Yeah.
0: It makes perfect sense. And then if it's shit, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't affect exactly.
2: true characters. Yeah,
0: it's perfect. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there was about ten years between these films. Eleven years, I think, technically, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I think it's just because Pixar were really taking off and just all guns blazing, firing on all cylinders, doing really well, so many ideas. It took them a long time to kind of feel like going back to that well of, of making a Toy Story sequel.
1: So at this point, they had just had an incredible run of hit after hit after hit, critical darlings as well as box office smashers. Yeah. This was born out of the Pixar falling out with Disney thing, wasn't it? Yes, because, again, this was another film that started out as something completely different. I think it was uh, due to Michael Eisner, who was the head of Disney at the time, and he was... I think they they gave off Toy Story to another animation studio, and I can't remember what it was called, but they had a whole idea about... um, like a bunch of Buzz Lightyear toys are being recalled.
0: It was one of their in-house Disney straight-to-video studios, and mm-hmm. yeah, they they basically had a full Toy Story three in in quite a long way towards being released. Which it was largely a bargaining tool. I think they were saying, "Look, we don't need you. We we own the we own the uh, the intellectual property rights to all the films you've made for us, so we can just do sequels to all our own." to all these films like we don't need you and we're gonna start with toy story 3 and it was about buzz lightyear being recalled to taiwan which um doesn't really make sense that a toy like that would be recalled and but um you know i guess a decent enough premise for a film and then they merged with pixar and john lasseter was like right get rid of that Right in the bin. But I assume as part of, you know, promises have been made to not just investors, but to like the general public. So I think they thought, well, I guess we kind of have to make Toy Story 3 now. Um, And there is a lot of concept art and stuff from that original Toy Story 3 online if you're ever inclined to uh, go and have a look at it. Hmm. But I think we can all agree we almost certainly got the better product that uh, thanks to Pixar making it. And yeah, this film was really quite special because it, it leaned full full on into the passage of time. The fact that mm. it had been 10 years and the fact that everyone who watched the film as a kid was now an adult, basically. I mean, we were, we were what, 20 when this came out?
1: Well, yeah, I think we were just at university, but we were basically Andy's age, which yeah. was mm. significant for me
0: anyway. Well, that's it. Andy he was our age when the first films came out and they mm. let him age in real time and the original voice actor who voiced him came back as an adult and provided the voice and the film doesn't shy away from it it's about it, it's it's really quite bleak in a lot of ways like, up front you've you've lost half the um the toy characters from the previous two films you've only got like this core cast of the favorite toys who were even still, you know, knocking around, Wheezy's gone and and Bo Peep and what have you. It is
2: is the core Mm. character that we know and love. They haven't haven't got rid of any of the major characters.
0: Yeah. But then the dog comes in and he's all old and it's kind of a joke, but it's like, yeah, that dog's gonna be... Like, that Toy Story 4, they won't address it, but I can guarantee you that dog's
1: dead by now in the world (laughs) of Toy Story 4. (laughs) Kids these days have it easy. Like, I remember when we were, like, you know, 18, 19, us going to see an animated film would still have that little tinge of. I still remember when we went to see Coraline Soul and being stood there at, like, 9 9 pm and seeing, like, (laughs) oh, wow, everyone here is sort of, like, late teens and 20 somethings like us. But I, I think Pixar were a big factor in that. I don't know if in the early 90s you know, groups of 20-somethings would get together and go and see a Disney animation together. Yeah, Um, But Pixar raised the bar so much, and were producing such great quality films that, you know, adults could enjoy, and you didn't even need children as an excuse to go and see it. Except I do remember feeling very awkward that time when we saw Winnie the Pooh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, Winnie the Pooh is just just kiddy enough that it it didn't quite feel like (laughs) we could... (laughs) I remember making a point of, like, oh, I've got to be clean-shaven, because if there's just, like, a bit of, (laughs) like, bum fluff on my face, it'll look really, like, unsavoury going to this kid's film. Uh So, yeah, one of the other big jarring elements about this film and the passage of time is that Pixar's improved. They've had seven years of furthering their technology, and suddenly the animation is astonishingly good.
2: Actually, I I watched uh, while doing this. I watched one of the shorts that they did,
0: the umbrella one.
2: No, no, no. I mean a Toy Story short. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, that was I about those. It, that was made in 2014. It was about Trixie the Triceratops. That's in yeah, dinosaur world. Yeah. So I watched that earlier, and I th- it felt like I was watching stop motion animation. They were plastic toys mm. that were moving. They had the plastic joint. It, like it was a different level. It was another level, and that's four years after this. But yeah, it is a it's fantastic in fact, if anything, the the twenty fourteen short that I saw was a bit too uncanny valley because it felt yeah. hmm. too real. Um like rather than watching a cartoon, it felt like I was watching yeah. toys. Yeah. It was
0: weird. Yeah. Um and that's the thing. I, I think the major difference is just textures, you know. Mr. Potato Head yeah. isn't like yeah. a perfectly smooth bit of plastic anymore. He's got little bumps and dents and scuffs and Yeah, it's just it's nice. As with the second film, they do the sequel thing of check out hundreds of new characters. And they're very, they're very good at doing that, to be fair, because, you know, who have we got here? we got Ken, voiced by Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. And Mike, Michael Keaton is fine in that role. I don't know who you could have cast as Ken you would have been any better, but like but their, their take on Ken is very...
2: Yeah, you can't go too big with Ken, because the whole
0: yeah. point is that he's kind of a bland, plastic man.
1: Exactly, yeah. Kristen Schaal?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's Trixie. Another great voice, um, being thrown yeah. into the mix. A female dinosaur. I don't know if the character quite adds all mm. that much, but I guess they just needed they needed to make up a, a whole group of toys for Bonnie to have, didn't they? For... Mm.
2: And she she is mm. a kind of, like, Christian Schaul's voice is a sort of Wallace Shawn-esque
0: squeak. Yeah. So they've obviously done yeah. that deliberately, you know? Oh, also. completely.
1: We're either in a cafe in Paris or a coffee shop in New Jersey. I'm pretty sure I just came back from the doctor with life-changing news.
0: We do a lot of improv here. Just stay
3: loose, have fun, you'll
1: be fine. No, no, no,
0: no. Uh, Jeff Garlin, wonderful voice. Voicing Buttercup—that's a great bit of uh, casting. I think really captures that mm. kind of Pixar flavor. <laughs> mm. 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 Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton, yes.
3: Sunnyside is a place of ruin and despair, ruled by an evil bear who smells of
0: strawberries. Mr. Pricklepants, <laughs> yes.
3: which
2: which it, 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 it doesn't fit, and it does sort of jump out, but that's deliberate. The f- the fact mm. that his voice doesn't fit mm. the character. Kind of how you expect it to.
0: And then the big one.
2: The big one. uh, Ned Beatty um, as Lotso.
0: Lotso Huggin. Lotso Huggin.
2: The bad guy, essentially, of the film, ultimately. Again, they do a bit of a twist reveal.
3: Yeah. I didn't throw you away. Your kid did. Ain't one kid ever loved a toy, really. Chew on that when you're at the dump. Wait. What about Daisy? I don't know what you're talking about.
2: It's more. It's much more central this time, though, and and earlier, mm. so that it mm. kind of sets up the plot rather than anything else.
3: Yeah,
0: and and weirdly enough, this is an example of something that seems to be weirdly common where the third entry in a franchise becomes a kind of prison break film. And yeah, it's kind of what this is. It's, it's like yeah. a, a prison Cold break prison. rather yeah, than...
2: Classic prison break.
0: Yeah, rather than mm. a road trip. The,
2: so it, it did feel a bit different. It felt there was a bit more plot
0: to it. But, mm. also, but not much, really. Like you say, it's, yeah. it sort of
2: sets up the prison and then they have
0: to get out. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't have that much more to say other than there's a huge deal of um, emotional resonance to this film. It really leans into, the, into it. It's all about saying goodbye to the old and embracing the new, and, and it does a really nice job of working with it. it again, it's, it's Pixar. When they were still constantly, constantly making beautiful beautiful films mm. the moment is they're in a,
2: they're, they get dumped in the tip and they're, they're being thrown into a furnace basically mm. and it's the moment when they all kind of accept that they can't do anything about it and if they're going to die at least they're together and they're friends and yeah. then none of them speak it's just a sort of moment and it is just fucking hell and i mean i don't know if you were crying like a child at a Cat's funeral, but <laughs> I was. <laughs> and oh then, yeah,
1: no, it still gets me now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I've only seen this film once before, and I remember it being a, a bit of a hitter. But this is, it still got me. Yeah, and then it kind of backs that mm. up with a second emotional smack to the face later on
0: as well. Yeah. Um, have you Have you guys seen some guy online like edited the film so that basically they get to that scene where they? They're moving towards the furnace. They all hold hands and like close their eyes. And then it fades to black, and the credits start to roll. And it's like a really sad. <laughs> Da, da, da. Like rendition of you got a friend in me playing. Oh, fantastic. I thought
1: you were doing the EastEnders theme then. <laughs>
0: and they, but they, they like burnt it to Blu-ray and told their, told their mum we're going to watch Toy Story three. She'd never seen it. Oh no. And then recorded her reaction, and she just sat there like, oh, that, that was a sad film. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, I,
2: think, I made a note here, and I made four notes in this entire film, and. One of them was, wouldn't it have been a beautiful ending if they'd all just burned in the furnace?
0: Oh, it would have been (laughs) incredible. Like, genuinely, Uh, uh, I think it would be another 10 out of 10 for me.
2: But the thing is, because at that moment, I was, like, totally in, and it would have been, like... It would have been a kind of real ending for these toys. Yeah. And, And what they did, what they did after that, uh, and we'll talk about it in a second, but I think it's a testament to what we've gone through in these films, and the writing and the characters that they built up, that I could get on board with that very yeah. happy saccharine ending that was really drawn mm. out as well. They didn't. Just I think everything
0: that everything that comes after that moment in this film detracts from this film. Yeah,
2: I, I agree to a. I agree to a point, but like I said, that the fact that they get away with it is uh, well, they do. Federal. Yeah,
0: exactly. You're, you're very mm. right. Yeah, and then the drawn mm. out. Goodbye with each character. Really drawn out. Stuff that doesn't even make sense. Woody never gives up on you, because Woody is loyal and he'll be your friend to the end. Woody like what Woody hasn't got a personality, he's a toy. What are you talking about? He doesn't give up on you. I'm
2: not sure you've quite bought into oh, the imagination no. of childhood there. Yeah, <laughs> Missed yeah, the point of these
1: films. Literally, of course, but I think you did you you must have given your toys personalities and uh I don't know, little characteristics. I certainly did. I yeah. I, I you know I loved the ending, and especially like at the time that I was in my life watching this at university where I Unlike mm. Andy had packed away a load of toys and brought them with me yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to my studies. Um and I I just thought I thought it was quite beautiful. I love that he passes them on and he has one last play mm. before but I mean yeah. I think that whole ending is negated now by the fact that they are doing another one. Well that's it. This is the end yeah. of the story. And yes. it is an ending. Yes. It's a big finale. And it, it
0: it's a lovely one. It, it closes out this trilogy in a way that's so great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to talk about a couple of other things, but should we yes, should we yes. rate Toy Story 3 so we can get into the fact they're making the fourth one?
1: Mm-hmm. I'll go first, because uh, we have just kind of skimmed over this one, but I, I, I don't know if that's just a testament to how... I don't know, it wouldn't be very interesting if I just went through everything that I loved about this film, because I love so much about it, like the opening action sequence that recreates oh, the yeah. Yeah. Um, Andy playing with his toys from the first one, but this time we kind of see it from his eyes like mm. it was this huge, um, elaborate set piece, that's all brilliant, I love all the stuff at the playhouse with the kids mistreating the toys yeah. and um lots of huggin bears a brilliant villain uh the ending is perfect did you it's get any mine- did you get any weird <laughs> unsavory
0: undertones with playing being a euphemism for like fucking no <laughs> no i haven't been played in a- i have been played with in ages
1: <laughs> oh no why did you ruin <laughs> why did you ruin everything <laughs>
0: You get played uh, with every day.
1: Oh wow,
0: these
2: kids
1: are queuing up to play with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I just, oh, I got played with too hard. <laughs> I uh, I just think that the um, the film because it would have been very easy just to never have an, an uh, Andy age yeah. and yeah. just have the toys going on new adventures all the time, and the fact that it evolved enough and really worked towards mm. a, a such a satisfying ending it's my favorite film yeah. in the series and it's one of my favorite animated films ever um if not mm. my favorite but it's a very strong 10 out of 10 from from me wow wow um i mean i i enjoyed it i i cried at the
2: end but I don't know. I didn't feel like it was uh, all that deserved. <laughs> well, no, it was. No, <laughs> I don't have like, But, but I, yeah, I didn't like the sort of double ending kind of thing. But uh, yeah, basically I enjoyed it. A very solid seven for me.
0: Fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah. Um, seven? Uh, seven? Yeah. Solid Seven? Seven? <laughs>
1: a film makes you cry and it only gets a 7, that's... That, 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 that's why I was like, oh, Alan's giving this a 10 for sure. Like, yeah. I can't believe that you admitted emotion like that and then give it a 7. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I cry at films all the time. When I Do cry you? in real life, you need to worry. No you
0: don't, you monster. <laughs> I, I think this film is very much the swan song to Pixar as the powerhouse that it was. I think it really mm-hmm. marks the end of them being what they were... Um, mm. But it's yeah, it's a lovely, wonderful film, and it's one of their best. And I, I agree, one of the best um, animated films out there. I would say uh, for for me, it's a nine out of ten. They have, of course, uh, pretty much ruined any semblance of closure. Yeah, that they and and all the goodwill that came with it by announcing a fourth film. And you know, when they announced it, they said, "Look, we're only doing this because we've got a fucking good idea. We wouldn't go touch this." Toy Story brand, unless we had a reason to do it. And uh, I kind of thought, yeah, fair enough, I'll trust them. And they were like, it's going to be all about Bo Peep. And I was like, fair enough, that is a bit of a loose end, but I don't know if I need a whole Toy Story that's a rom-com.
1: Well, they've changed the character completely yeah, from yeah. what we saw in the previous ones. and I, yeah. I don't know, I never left Toy Story 3 thinking, oh, yes, I, I really, know. and so much of the marketing of this new one is like, this is what was happening to Bo, yeah. and, I'm um, like, did anyone care? I, exactly. <laughs> I certainly didn't. When are we getting Toy Story
0: 5 about Wheezy and what he's been up to? That's what everyone's been asking. <laughs> yeah, so, this new film, the trailer came out, and I watched it, and it's... Ah, none of it looks bad, but none of it looks particularly good. It doesn't look mm. worth bringing the toys out of retirement to do it. It just looks like they're Going through the motions, doing more of the same I do like That they are, once again Exploring weird territory With with toys Um, Mm. I mean, they're they're going into The funfair carnival toy thing That seems like something we don't need Any further information on But that's not, like, Mm. collector stuff But what they are doing is There's a homemade toy Bonnie makes her own toy With a a little uh, spork Mm Mm-hmm and, um, it becomes sentient. She gives it life. And that's. She's a got god! Fascinating implications <laughs> that I never thought the franchise would get into or acknowledge. But it does look like they're kind of leaning into it a bit. Cause the whole point of that character seems to be that he's like, what am I? I'm a freak of nature. Kill me. <laughs> kill me now. Like, <laughs> I, it like, I, it's a weird thing to put in this sort of a. Film, but like I am interested to see where they go with it. The trailer makes it look mm. like he's just a catalyst for the actual plot, which is a shame.
2: Well, mm. when I based on the trailer, when I was first watching it, I was thinking, okay, so what are they doing? They said they are they making some sort of analogy for autism, maybe like that would be very kind of on on trend, very topical. Um, you know, this sort of slightly odd little toy that's mm. scared and doesn't quite relate in the same way as everyone else. But then it doesn't feel like it's doing that because he's very—he's yeah. he's far too sort of conscious of his own yeah, self-conscious. So I mm. don't know what they're doing with it, really. I don't know what the point is.
0: Well, if you had to sully the reputation of Toy Story with a new one, how would you approach mm. it? Mm. Video games.
2: Yes. Because mm-hmm.
0: that is the new advancement in toys isn't it it's those um isn't that they basically to- wreck it ralph though isn't that no called? no there's there's a whole like genre of toy which is like you buy the toy and then you plug it into the video game and you get to play that character in the game it's like a really crass bit of commercialism that works wonders on children calvin what are these toys called toys to life they're called toys to life it's a whole mm-hmm. genre of them like amiibos
1: calvin is that the yeah like the Disney Infinity yeah 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 things? It's a whole, but they're not a really thing anymore. It's a whole like
0: genre of thing, and I it, I don't know that could be interesting to
1: look at in a Toy Story film or acknowledge it. Maybe if Disney Infinity was still a the thing, they might have gone there. But yeah, yeah. Mm. I would like
0: a film where the toys have to go before some sort of supreme toy council for crimes against Toydom. Because they keep trying to use their sentience to subvert the uh, the natural order of things. <laughs> Talking to Sid, saving Wheezy after the the mothers, like, look, I'm going to put him in in the sail. Well, but like that's that's what
2: he said. Like exposing themselves to Sid is a big like. That's surely the cardinal crime of the toy yeah. world. Yeah. No I repercussions like that. for that. Exactly. They're in trouble. Yeah.
0: And obviously, you can't you can't do anything bigger than that without you know. Ruining the entire world of the universe Where like every human becomes aware That toys are sentient And all that comes with that
2: Okay, who who's on the toy council then?
0: Oh, this like, is who You've got to get some big toys. cameo toys for her Oh man, um, Action Man Or yeah, G.I. Joe, it's yeah, the same yeah. guy, isn't he?
2: Um, a Furby
0: Oh yes <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah Let Pixar create like Maybe three new ones and and then they they they're like the, the 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 overall judge, the one who like oversees against everything, is a space hopper because <laughs> he, he's so massive.
1: <laughs> is that a toy though, or is that just apparatus? Is a tennis racket sentient? It's got a face on it. A tennis racket? No, a space hopper. Oh right. Mm. <laughs> I do.
2: I like the idea of a generation gap between toys. So you've got all these really old school toys, like the elders who don't understand the new computer toys. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we don't understand. I'm a I'm a wooden train.
0: Alright, well that maybe you could work the <laughs> toys to life toys into there and and have a kind of new, you know you've got the elder toys, but then maybe they redeem themselves because there's some sort of toy civil war between the old toys and the new video game toys. And then- <laughs> There's 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 your areas to explore. There's <laughs> stuff you can work with there, right? <laughs> it's better than a fucking ventriloquist dummy. Hmm. Yeah.
1: And yeah, despite being a big fan of the um the series, I'm not actually very excited about Toy yeah. Story 4 coming up. And I don't know if I'm just having a bit of fatigue with yeah. like, oh well, it's there's Aladdin, and then there's, you know, whatever, Lion King's out soon, Toy Story 4, it's all just the same stuff. Yeah. I'm incredibly, I just can't bring myself to care.
0: I'll go and see it. I think it's probably going to be good. I just can't bring myself to care. Oh, yeah. It's really weird. But yeah. I don't, it's not even like fatigue with films, because I can't help but see, but be so excited for the new Godzilla film. And I know that's going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> a once-in-a-lifetime collection. Diminishing Returns music presents Saul Harris sings Randy Newman.
0: You gotta win me.
3: You gotta win in me. All your favorite songs from films such as Toy Story and toy story
0: I can fly if I want to this is falling with style my name's was Light I can fly and I will go sailing no more
3: Saul Harris sings Randy Newman is not sold in stores Order this essential collection online at dimreturns.com. Just $8.99 plus shipping and handling. That's right. All this for just $8.99 plus shipping and handling.
0: Let me tell you about a strange. Things is happening on me. Strange. doubt so about
3: it! Great music at an affordable price, from dimreturns.com.
0: Feel the action, feel the attraction, color my hair, do what I dare, oh, oh oh I wanna be free, yeah, to feel the way I feel, man, I feel like Randy Newman. Bump, bump, be-do, be-do, bump, be-do,
2: be- <coughs> Thank you for listening, as always. And if you enjoyed the show, then why not recommend it to a friend? Positive word of mouth is the best way to help us grow the podcast. But if you don't have any friends, and we appreciate a lot of our listeners are sad losers, then do head over to patreon.com forward slash dimreturns, where you can support the show and get extra material for just $1 a month. Now, next week's episode is the result of our first Patreon vote, where our backers got to choose what film we would be looking at. And for some reason, they chose the Iron Giant. So, join us next week
3: to find out how we feel about it. Goodbye!
2: We got two 10s out of 10 in, in this program, and us and 10 powers you know did not turn up. I was going to say, you know what that means? <laughs> I didn't want to remind
1: you. <laughs> what does that mean? Ding dong.
2: Oh, I'll just open the door. Oh my God, look who it is.
0: Yeah, baby. What's going on? Groovy, baby. 10 out of 10, baby. <laughs> it's us
2: 10 powers who turns up whenever someone gives a 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, really? Apparently. <laughs> Thing. Oh. <laughs> he so didn't. He didn't turn time. up last time
0: it happened either. He forgot. Yeah, yeah baby. I was busy shagging. So you so sound. So you so sound a bit like, like Tim Curry. Time. Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, groovy, baby.
2: <laughs> I don't remember the first time, Calvin. But I remember the second time because Saul. soul <laughs> No, sorry, not Saul. Austin Powers said, "Hey, I'm back," as if it was something <laughs> we all remembered and loved. But I don't know when it was <laughs> originated. <laughs>